Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. This is Live Mike. Check one, two. With Lee Lonsberry. From Utah's Capitol Hill to your schools, Texas, and all the breaking news. Hear it on Live Mike with Lee Lonsberry on KSL News Radio. Hey, welcome to this. What is it, Thursday? Friday Eve episode of Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, episode number 301. Uh, I was doing a little bit of math uh, as before, before I walked into the studio today, and uh, I'm reminded that uh, as our days are numbered, uh, we, we have just now uh, 12 episodes left before you and I uh, say goodbye. So let's make the most of these next 12 episodes. Uh, and and today, what a day to <laughs> to get delivered a healthy dose of news. What did we learn earlier this morning that Governor Spencer Cox has announced that all Adult Utahns, uh, all Utahns 16 and over, are eligible starting next Wednesday to receive the vaccine. We're going to get into those details later on. We're going to hear from the governor himself, plus take a step backwards and see where that places us compared to other states in the nation in terms of who is eligible. Uh, there are only two states who thus far have made made the vaccine available to all adults. That was Alaska sometime earlier, uh, made that announcement, and most recently Mississippi on Tuesday of this week. And we here now in Utah will be the third state to have announced uh, full eligibility to all uh, all residents 16 plus. That's coming up next week. Looking forward to that. Uh, I'm on team vaccine. All right. You don't need me to repeat that uh, anymore. Uh, plenty of other details to cover over the program today. You heard uh, during the tail end of Let Me Speak to the Governor some talk about the drought in Utah. We'll speak to an expert from the Utah Department of Agriculture and food. What does that exactly mean? Uh, we'll hear from Commissioner Butters uh, later on. Right now, though, I'm very much looking forward to uh, this following conversation. It was scheduled for yesterday, but as you remember, there was some SWAT activity that took place on that Center Street uh, bridge, which crosses over Legacy Highway in North Salt Lake. Uh, and because of our, our need to cover that in full, we had to postpone uh, the conversation with the principal of Mountain Heights Academy, an online charter school. And joining me now is Dr. Delana Tonks, the principal there. Uh, Dr. Tonks, welcome back to the program. How are you? Hey, I'm great. Thanks for having me on, Lee. It's great to speak to you again. If I remember correctly, it was early December you and I spoke uh, the first time. And uh, since then, there have been uh, some developments in terms of how education is going to be approached here in the state of Utah going forward, specifically uh, within the Jordan School District. Announcement coming from uh, the the superintendent there that uh, come fall of this year and into next year and going forward, there will be uh, online dedicated uh, schools, elementary, middle, and high school age students will each have access to their respective school uh, in uh, in an all online sense. And I thought, well, you know what? Uh, that's all good for them. Uh, and I'm excited for the the added opportunities and flexibility for some of the students who who learn best in in that circumstance. Looking forward to what they learn. Uh, but then it struck me, you know what? Many of the questions that they're asking themselves right now have been answered already. Uh, we've got an online school here in the state of Utah has been at it for over a dozen years, uh, and we know the principal. 
And so I, l- l- let's just start there as as this school starts up and you think back to, uh, what was it, 13 years ago that Mountain Heights Academy uh, started offering education to students online. Um, w- what were some of the lessons that you learned then that might be uh, good for Jordan to consider as they go forward? Yeah, and I, I have to give major props to Jordan School District. I think that's a classy and a bold move on their part. And I know exactly which questions they're asking because they're the same ones that we asked when we started in 2009. Uh, one of the biggest differences between a dedicated online school and what Jordan is trying to do uh, and how they work in, in the rest of their district is having systemic operations. And what I mean by that is typically a teacher goes into his or her classroom, shuts the door, does their thing. They're king of the hill in their classroom. Mm-hmm. There are evaluations and departments and different external things. But as far as what a teacher does in their classroom, there's a lot of autonomy there. You don't give up that autonomy, but it looks different in an online school setting. The administration has to be concerned about what platform are you going to use to offer the courses so that you don't have each teacher placing their curriculum in a different spot because that makes it more difficult for the students to access the content. If they have to go to Google Classroom for one class, but for another class it's in Skyward, and for another class it's on a teacher's Weebly site, they ought to live in the same place. And, and the administration schools need to make that decision and then let the, and then provide a lot of training for the teachers so that they know how to use the systemic tools that are being put in place. So that's one of the biggest things I would take into consideration. Fascinating. Uh, and, and the students, did you find that when you kicked things off and this option was uh, available to students, did, did some of them discover over time that maybe it wasn't necessarily for them? And how have you, over the over these 13 years, uh, been able to identify the, the type of student uh, best suited to excel in this environment? Yeah, absolutely. This is not the best fit for everybody. But I will say during this pandemic, our our enrollment almost doubled. And a lot of students who thought that this wouldn't be a good fit for them actually discovered that they loved the flexibility and autonomy. I'm guessing that's why Jordan School District is doing their online schools, because they had uh, input from the parents and the students that they actually really liked the hybrid options and the in-person, in-person options. And so I, I think that uh, there are a lot of different strategies that we can put into place. Our mission is to develop connected and successful learners. So we filter our decisions through the needs of our students, and that flexibility is first and foremost. And so what our format looks like is having classes uh, available. The content is available 24-7 to the students. Mm. Teachers are available up to four hours a day for office hours. So if a kid gets stuck, if they match up their time to when a teacher is available, they can get individualized just-in-time help. This and, and this this approach is a trend that we're seeing in the workforce in a lot of professions, uh, the ability to work from home and have that flexibility and have access to the people that you need to have access to. These portable skills that you learn in uh, a digital setting are fantastic, and they will help our students uh, before they cross the graduation stage and after. I asked the superintendent yesterday from the Jordan School District, I asked him about uh, social and emotional development. 
Uh, and looking back on my own uh, school age experience, so much of, of what I took away from that, so many of the memories that I carry with me today are not necessarily what I read on the pages of Catcher on the Rye or uh, <laughs> learned during a unit on the Pythagorean theorem or anything like that, but rather the, the relationships that developed and, and were forged and some of those friendships continue today. Uh, he said that a high priority will, of course, be focusing on that uh, social and emotional development. What have you learned uh, as far as best practices and what works well for students over your uh, dozen plus years in the business? Uh, sure, and and I completely agree with that concept. At Mountain Heights Academy, we really focus on bringing the kids together in person. Uh, when they first come to the school, they come in for an orientation. We provide a laptop to them. They get to meet their teachers and other students, and then we are rife with leadership opportunities. We have student body officers. We have clubs and uh, leadership positions within the clubs, and we are a service learning school, and so we do lots of service across the state, and we get our students together to do that so that they do have those in-person connections. Those are absolutely critical to most students. Some students come here because they don't want to have anything to do with that, and that's, that's a whole other issue, right. but for the most part, kids need that connection, and it's one of the reasons why our mission is to develop connected and successful learners. That connected piece isn't just plugging in their laptop. It's getting together in person and forming those human relationships that we all crave and need. Forgive me for, for not remembering. Are, are, are athletics part of your uh, program? Uh, they are not, but we have this really great state statute that says that students can participate on the teams at their boundary right. school. So they can go to their, their uh, boundary high schools or middle schools and participate there as long as they make the team. Sure. <laughs> Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> you got to make the grade. Uh, Dr. Tonks, listen, thank you so much. Uh, folks, we've been speaking with Dr. Delana Tonks of uh, Mountain Heights Academy, the principal there, an online charter school, been uh, offering educational opportunities to Utah students now for over a dozen years. Uh, and we were speaking to her today on the occasion of an announcement uh, from Jordan School District uh, announcing that they will be offering some online opportunities uh, to students within that district as well. Uh, all of this in, in response to this pandemic we are still fighting our way through. Dr. Tonks, uh, thank you so much for your insight and your time with us here today. And also, I apologize for yesterday. We had to bump you because of that uh, dust up on the bridge, uh, but I'm grateful to you for your flexibility. Yeah, hey, no problem. Just one last thing really quickly. Parents and students can do hybrid options. They can do Mm. up to four classes online, and so they can do every other day in person and online and trade off with uh, classes at Mountain Heights Academy. And they can take summer classes to combat some of that learning loss that we've experienced during the pandemic. So lots of great options available at mountainheightsacademy.org. Great added info. Thank you so much, Dr. Tonks. We're going to take a quick break. When we return, uh, we're going to walk through some of what has been announced here today regarding the vaccine eligibility here in the state of Utah. You're 16 plus. Next Wednesday will be your chance to get a shot. Finally, that's next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. 
we had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.